Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode six of the Coach Killers podcast. My name's Stefan. And my name's Nick. Today we have a brilliant show for you people. Nick, what yeah, do we have? a big show ahead. Um, we've got our Coach Killer, our Game of the Week, which was France-Argentina. Yep. And um, we've got some transfer news and also our special guest, Daniel Georgievsky. Yes, with a brilliant interview coming on yep. later. Some awesome insight to be heard, so stick around for that. Definitely. Um, but let's kick off with our Coach Killer of the Week. Where's my drum roll? Here it is. And our coach killer of the week is Spain. Oh my god! I can't, still can't <laughs> believe they, they went out to Russia. What but I guess joke. you know, having 114 million people behind you, that's what happens. No, having Vladimir Putin's checkbook. That's what happens. <laughs> you know, he didn't even go to the game because he didn't think they would win. No, he didn't go to the game because he was too busy giving the refs their bloody money in the, in the dugout. Well, no <laughs> he didn't go. No, he didn't go to the game. And then after he claimed that he gave the coach inspiration. <laughs> So, um, but, you know, there you go. Inspiration with a checkbook, huh? <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should um, get him on next week. But, yeah, Spain work. Spain, see, it just shows. It doesn't matter how much possession you have. They're just trying to walk the ball in and they got screwed over. I mean, what the hell? They go sideways, like left, right, left, yeah. right. Play the bloody angles through. Exactly. You know? What the hell's wrong with you Spanish I, people? I, I think they took one shot from outside the box. Man, the whole well, game. I don't even care because I don't even like Spain. So, yeah. you know what? They're rubbish. I don't yeah. care. Good riddance. Good riddance and thank um, goodness. Yes. Same sort of thing happened in the Croatia-Denmark game. Oh, you know? Yeah. Uh, Croatia just, I think, played it too safe. You know, they got through in the end, which was good. But Look, they, did they can't, they, they can't do. be, they can't do that in their next game. No, they definitely can't do that in their next game. Um, I agree with you there, Nick. Uh, Denmark because it shows Russia will, you know, give it to you. Yeah, I mean they'll like, give you the they're ca- a surprise yeah, packet. I mean they'll give you the checkbook to the refs, and that's <laughs> <laughs> you in the checkbook. The checkbook, mate. Let me Putin. Um, so let's go on to our game of the week. Yeah, our game of the week was Argentina versus France. What a shambles. No, it was a great game, in my opinion. We saw a new talent in Kylian Mbappe smash Argentina. Well, it was the Mbappe show. Yeah, but apart from that, that's all there was. And Pogba no, no, there the was ball. no, no, there was no. Pogba no, you got to admit, it was one, probably one of his best games for France. Who? Pogba. No. Like Kylian Mbappe was the. No, Kylian the, Mbappe was great. Let's forget it. about Paul Pogba. You can't stop with you your love affair. Anyway, stop with your love affair. For even Pogba. even some of the anti-Pogba journalists have been praising him for his game. All right, so moving on from the game of the week, we have some transfer news. Nick. Yeah. Um, what so, do we? What do you got? So basically, yeah. Socrates Papadopoulos has signed for Arsenal. What do you? What do you? What do you think from Borussia Dortmund? Obviously, um, he's not proven in the EPL, so I guess we just have to wait and see. Okay, yeah. so what are you saying? A Bundesliga player won't cope, or uh, I don't know if he can cope with the physicality. Okay, fair enough. But yeah. um, you know, it could be it could be good for them. Definitely. And look, we've also got some other news in Salah signing on for Liverpool. Do you see that as a positive for the Reds? Uh, just wait and see what happens with Salah as well, because I don't I don't think you're he's, not convinced, are you? Yeah, I'm not convinced he's as good as everyone's making him out to be. Yeah. If he can replicate half of what he did last season, then you know that changes my view. But for right. now, he's still a, just an average player. No worries. And also, we have uh, Lucas Torreira from Sampdoria moving on to Arsenal. Now, I know you're probably sceptical on Arsenal as a whole, but do you think this Lucas Torreira guy will be any good? Uh, he's done well for Uruguay. Like he's looked well. Uh, playing for Uruguay in the in the heart of their midfield. Yeah. Um, you know, he he did well against uh, Portugal in their game. You know what I mean? They defended like beasts pretty much. Yeah. The whole game. Um, and Ronaldo couldn't get it over the line. Thank God for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think, I think uh, Torreira will be good for Arsenal. Fantastic. It's about time we get some positive views on you for another EPL team. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about United, mate. But anyway. All right. Speaking of... 
Fellaini signed a two-year contract, scored a goal as well. Just okay. a quick mention. All right, that's all right. I'll let you have that. Um, <laughs> moving on from that, uh, now we'll throw off to our interview with Daniel Georgievsky. Um, take a listen to this, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest for Episode 6 has won the A-League with Melbourne Victory, is a Macedonian international and has won the Joe Marston Medal in 2017. Please welcome Daniel Georgievsky. How are you going, Daniel? Yeah, not bad, boys. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, not uh, bad. It's a pleasure having you on, mate. Oh, it's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, so let's kick it off. Um, where did your inspiration to become a professional footballer come from? Like, did you have any uh, favourite players growing up? Oh, I think I had um, I had a Pele cassette. Like we're saying that's, oh, how, okay. that's how old I am. Oh, yeah. There was a cassette. <laughs> um, I think You're my, not that old. my father had it. Was, I don't know how. It was, in the, it was at the house, and I just kept watching it, and I just tried to replicate what Pele did, but... Yeah, I just did it because I enjoyed it. I didn't really think I was going to make a career out of it or, you know, get to where, I, where, I, where I've been. So, yeah, didn't, yeah, that's probably the inspiration was just that. So, Daniel, did you always want to be a defender? No, I hate defender. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan. <laughs> I was originally, there was one coach that used to always put me in the back because I was a little bit taller. This was obviously when I was at a younger age, but I was uh, more of an attacking midfielder. Okay. And then a coach changed again, and he liked me in the back because I used to always bomb on, and I had a lot of endurance. Nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then when I went overseas, they um, well, I was playing like a stopper. It was a three-five-two formation in Australia, and when I started with the national team, it was a four-four-two, and they put me as a as a back, and I said, ah, whatever. I just wanted to play. I didn't really care. But now that I look back, I wish I actually said oh, I don't want to be in this position. So <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, look, that's great. Look, we know you spent some time with Stau Bucharest. Um, how was it like playing in the Champions League? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. A, well, it was funny. I didn't really know what it meant to me until I did an interview before I think the second game or something. When they actually asked me that same question, and I just it wasn't really. You didn't have time to think about what you were doing because you just had games after game. I like were in hotels four nights a week, so I didn't really. You know, it, it, the last thing you do is think about football, what it means to you. You just, it, it just become a mad repetition. So, and I just remember I, I answered just saying, well, I used to wake up at 4 a.m. back at home to watch every Champions League game, which was, well, on SBS, maybe on the, what was it on the Wednesday or the, yeah, on the Tuesday. Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday Thursdays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was when Les Murray used to be the um, commentator. So, yeah. yeah, I just said, well, I used to wake up and watch this. And, you know, my my ringtone was the Champions League song. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that was a kid. Proper dedication. Yeah, and I just remember my dad would wake up and go to work and go, what are you doing? I go, oh, someone's playing. He goes, who's playing? I go, oh, Melandra, someone. He goes, oh, fair enough. And he would just go to work. So, yeah, Who was the team that you followed when you were growing up? Um, I followed Real Madrid, um, AC Milan, and Liverpool. Liverpool, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a few. It was, my uncle Tomasso sent me some jerseys, and that was the only jerseys that he sent us, and obviously just started following them, yeah. Nice. Um, so who would you say is the best player that you've played against or defended against? Um, like the biggest profile or the hardest both biggest both, profile yeah. and um whoever yeah has been the actual hardest to defend. profile would be what Cristiano Ronaldo or Hazard or Dybala or something like that um but the hardest one I would say I always had a struggle I'm not, hopefully not not a lot of fast players hear this but I struggle with the players that are fast that just are very direct yeah so um Andre Schuller 
um, gave me a good hiding when we played him in the Champions League. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah I, just, I just couldn't. Like, I would read what he was doing, but everything that he did, he just, like, came off. Yeah. So, like, we hit him in the knee and he'll get past me, like, I'll do a 50-50 tackle, just those little things. And he just never – he just didn't work, and I'll never forget it. And, um, yeah, so – too yeah. hard to defend against. Uh, yeah, like, it, it was easy to read, but I just never was able to get the ball off him, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Like, a player yeah. like Hazard, like, you just don't even bother trying to get in. You just block his options. Yeah, that's it. But we still there, like, the ball's there, and you're like, oh, I'm going to get it. And I couldn't get it. <laughs> it just, <laughs> he doesn't um, allow you, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I'm like, I've got it. You know, I'm, I'm 60, 40. I'm going in. And then the ball just hit him in the knee and it will go behind me. And I'm like, really? Like, seriously? Like, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, that would probably be the one player that, you know, I would love to have a rematch against. But, yeah, just didn't happen. Fantastic. Daniel, look, we know you were born in Australia and you spent some of your youth career at Dinamo Zagreb. Um, how did you come to the decision to represent Macedonia instead of Australia as in my opinion I think Australia could have used someone of your calibre and talent especially at this World Cup well I appreciate that but um, while, while I was still playing in Sydney I was um, I was started going up for the junior national team of Macedonia and um, yeah Australia I never I never even made a New South Wales state team or any reps or anything I never really was one of those players that you know had the AIS or someone knocking at the door so yeah. I started representing the national the Macedonian um, national under 19s and the 19s played an old generation and kept going kept going and then obviously when I hit to the to the age where you know under 21s had finished and um, a new coach had come in and I got a call up and I was like I didn't really think of it too much I was in playing in Croatia I thought you know Whatever, and I think I remember my old man said he was like, maybe Australia will take notice, and I went really like I highly doubt it, and yeah, it never was up until I was noticed when I started playing Champions League when they said, oh, that's an Aussie boy born <laughs> wow. playing. Yeah, I got a call from SBS, I believe, randomly, and they said, well, there's only two Australian-born players playing in the Champions League, and one is Mark Schwarzer, and you're playing him on Wednesday, and I was like, well, there you go, and they just asked, who are you? I go. I'm um, just a kid from Blacktown, Sydney. I'm really <laughs> just yeah. So it was yeah, it was one of those um, one of those stories, I guess, where you know they just notice when it's too late. But if I waited for Australia, like people ask me now, like you could play for Australia. I'm like, well, if I waited, I probably wouldn't be playing football. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, yeah. they would have never never recognised me. But I would never take away what Macedonia offered me and gave me the opportunity to you know not only represent the country but play against high-profile players, well, we will never make a World Cup, like, knock on wood that they do, but, you know, it was still those qualifiers, still that, you know, having the title of being a national team player that, you know, got me to Stal Bucharest and got me to heights that I never really dreamed of when I would wake up at 4am to watch a game, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, as a... As, a, <laughs> as someone of uh, Macedonian heritage myself, um, you know, I dream for the day that we make the World Cup or a Euro, you know, do you think it is an actual possibility? Yeah, we just always get stuck in hard groups. Like it's it's no it's it's known that every time we get pulled out of a group, you get the Spain, the Italy, the yeah, yeah. Know, the, the high profile teams where you just look at it and you're like we have a chance, and then once the groups start going, and then that chance starts to slip away. And we know, improve every qualifying campaign. I mean, look, I they think. drew against Italy one one. I remember. Yeah, that, that's a new yeah, it's a new generation coming up. But at the same time, I was a new generation coming up as well, which had a lot of. Um, 
lot of players that were ready to build. But then once in the qualifier starts, some players are not playing in their teams. And even if they do, the ones that are playing, they're in low-level teams that aren't really, you know, having a 1,000 people at a game. You know what I mean? So yeah. something like that. Then they go into the big stage and they might play one half well, but then the second half isn't. And the development isn't as isn't – the, the league at, in Macedonia isn't as good. So obviously you can't expect yeah. – they don't have the facilities, do you mean, like how we, what we have here in Australia? Yeah, well, if we're going to compare Australia and Macedonia, Australia has a lot of facilities, but I think the, that doesn't really help out much because in Croatia, when I was playing, I was there and Luka Modric and all that were there. Like, they were obviously first-team players. And the, facility, the facilities there weren't, weren't even, couldn't even hold water compared to Australia. Like Australia was just so yeah. far in front. But they didn't need the facilities. They didn't need. That's right. Of course, yeah. Just a just a homegrown talent. Yeah, that's I, it. They didn't need a shower for each each kid. They didn't need a new pair of socks every every training session. They did it because they loved it, and they just kept going. In Australia, if there's no hot water, they'll. <laughs> yeah, you know, if there's no shampoo, they'll cry. You know what I mean? While, <laughs> while I was when I was even playing in the for the first national team, or even some big games you don't have hot water in some of the countries you go into yeah and if, it was a, if you turn that to an australian player they, they will find out that's so bizarre like that that shouldn't happen and you're playing for the a national team and you're playing albania in some village or yeah. even <laughs> even when we played portugal in some village as well the cha- the locker rooms weren't as glamorous as yeah. what australia yeah, of course so you would say it comes down to the dedication yeah, like everyone loves football. Like I look at the kids, they love it, they love it. But I don't think that um, a lot are willing to give up absolutely everything. Because I do remember in um, when I was in the, that's true. Yeah, when I was in Dinamo Zagreb, and I was with the coach. The coach had brought me up, and Mamich, the um, the main guy, he would come to Melbourne a lot and bring talent. So they did come back. We're saying twelve years ago. And I was like, crap, I, I hope I was one of them, you know? Yeah. And then I hear the player, they came, and I read the newspaper, and the kid lasted two months because he got homesick. Wow, yeah. And I was like, well, give me that opportunity. I will never, I'm will i not even homesick now, and I'm gone for a year, let alone yeah. having the opportunity of having the big boss that owns basically the club that is doing transfers left, right, center. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Homesick is not a part of it. Like, oh, I like. I miss Cocoa Pops or, you know, something as stupid as that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people actually you, do mention yeah, yeah. You hear it and I think because Australia is so well-groomed in that department that they expect everything to be that good and I think that's a problem yeah, with course, the youth. Yeah. Look, yeah. everyone wants first to First world problems. They veer away from the fact that I would give up anything for football but once that happens, they, you know, they're easily influenced to go the other way. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's in my... In my um, in my, they always look at the easy way out, not to go and give it a go with just basic essentials, which is just the ball. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, what about what about leadership wise? Was Goran Pandev a strong leader? Yeah, he was probably one of them, the coolest dudes you'll ever meet. Very, very humble. Um, yeah, very down to earth. It was yeah, I met him when I just got to Dinmozara because his brother, we had the same agent. In Din was okay. and we played. Oh, in, yeah. We played in the youth together, so I was very lucky to meet him then. And it was just a, he was just a dude, like just um, just a very nice, normal, down to earth. Mind you, the guys played in Lazio, and he was under. I think when I started yeah, the biggest playing, team in Rome, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not going to get to that one. We're not getting to that one. I'm not getting involved. When I got the opportunity to play alongside him and him to be the captain, he was in Inter Milan with Mourinho. So, you know, that, yeah. was, that was like you're looking at him and you're like, geez, like, you're actually in a team with someone that's into that stature. And, and he was just so cool. You know, he was just so down to earth. Yeah. And, it was a great thing to look up to, not for someone to like overshadow you or over overpower everybody and say, "Look at where I am." He was just like, like we're having a laugh. This is a funny little story. We're having a laugh about tattoos, and I go, "Oof, my dad will kill me if I have a tattoo." And he <laughs> like goes, "Yeah, mine." Yeah. Yeah, he goes, um, "Yeah, mine too." And I'm like, "What? Go, You're Goran Pandit, man. Like you, yeah, my dad will shoot. Do what you want. <laughs> my dad will shoot me, man. You know." And it was just funny. <laughs> I saw, I heard that from him, and I was like, you know, that's that's quite inspiring. Like, he still has the the home morals to, you know, like something as basic as that. He still is very down to earth, and that that was yeah. the one one point where you just hold him above everybody else, not by what he's doing. But that's just, awesome. Just type of person. Well, I think he's yeah. he's probably the best player that Macedonia's produced. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. hopefully we can produce another three or four of them, and then actually achieve the dream of making a world one cup. day, one day. Who Look, knows? everything's possible, man. Um, I hopefully believe that. Hopefully, you know, it does happen one day in the future, and you know, like I said, anything's possible, especially football. Yeah, yeah. So, um, during the week, we put up a post on Instagram, um, just saying that you're going to be our special guest, and we asked for our followers to uh, send in any questions that they might have. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to read out one and uh, get your thoughts. Okay. So this is from Rambido94. I miss Georgievski at Melbourne Victory. Great player. I would like to hear what he thinks of the Socceroos World Cup campaign and his opinion on youth talent in Australia. Surely with his experience, he's seen some talented youth that haven't been selected for the Socceroos and why this is. Well, I think I already touched up on the youth, the youth section there. Um, yeah, definitely. Australia in the World Cup, well, look, just making it is a is an achievement in my eyes. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Australia were actually in my eyes a bit lucky to make the World Cup. I agree. Um, so yeah, this yeah, time around, yeah, yeah, this time around, definitely. So it wasn't as smooth as what it was, but you know they definitely put up a fight. I think um, a generation is changing here in Australia. Um, I think with the players that you know the Australian, they always compared to the golden generation. I think that Australia's. Yeah, haven't hasn't not that hasn't developed. They've developed good players, but they've um their transfers have transfers have veered off into different circles. So yeah, yeah they've lacked the um class of that team. Yeah, know, like um, teams, I think yeah. I, I think I saw a statistic um last year or two years ago. Yeah. When Australia was at their their peak, there were teams in the top five leagues in the world and there was players they were playing like five thousand minutes, for example. Um, now it's gone down to like 1,000 minutes. So that just goes to show that players aren't going out to Europe. They're going, they're catching in into Asia, which is also, you know, you look at your own personal, you know, your own personal, what you want to do in life. And some people chase the money straight away. I think yeah. that is also, that also has, um, you know, hasn't pushed Australian players to go into bigger leagues. Like you go to, to Asia, yeah, Asia's in that transition, but it still hasn't hit that peak where you're showing your best. Like if, you're in a really, yeah. you're a really developed player like Harry Kuehl, for example, was or Viduka, and then at the end of their career went to Asia. Different story. That's yeah, right. That's they've, right. Really, they've really established themselves. Australian players haven't really established themselves yet, and already they're going there without even hinting of going to 
Europe where the level is always higher. Um, there isn't. It's just a different level of, of football. Everyone goes. That's to right, but uh, don't, don't you think that you have to have the actual talent? Because what's the point of going to Europe and sitting on the bench? Yeah, that's well, right. that's that's. An, but look, it also depends on. It's it's a lot of factors are involved. It's not just oh, why you going to Asia for? Or maybe no one in Europe had looked at this player or even thought about him. Which look, there's a lot of factors, but I think that back in the day, the AIS did a very very good job. Yeah, um, they developed basically the whole national team at one stage. And I think that the FFA have been the um, the AIS. It doesn't exist anymore, which is quite disappointing because now they're like, well, now the youth can go into the the A League youth or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah. So the whole development has changed, and I think the result of that is, you know, the national team performing and where they are in the in, in the world right now. And there's no nothing wrong going to Asia. There's definitely nothing wrong going to Asia because the leagues up there are definitely developing, but. I think yeah. compared to the A League, um, I think I was actually quite surprised when I came to the A League. I actually expected it to be um, not as tough. Yeah, yeah. Change the truth. Yeah. I, didn't, I, had a, I had a lower expectation yeah. than what it was, and when I started playing, I was like, you know, this is. Um, I can see these players playing up in Europe and actually playing. Like you know, yeah. like, they were actually much better than other players that I played in, even in Stow or wow. played against in um, other teams. But then. As I started playing a bit more, I saw that the mental, the, the 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 yeah the mental game isn't as strong. Yeah, pressure in Australia isn't really pressure, if that makes sense. Like, okay, yeah, in, in my yeah. in my different. experience, it's different <laughs> pressure. Pressure for me was yeah. yeah, the football game. It's done and dusted. You have to win all the time. If you lose, it's like a it's like a bomb had fallen out of the sky. Um, yeah. yeah. The paparazzi will follow you all around home. That was pressure because you always had to perform inside and outside of the pitch. Yeah, um, Pressure here is after a game, they go to the pub. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, there's nothing wrong with that as well, but I think that once they get put into a different environment where Europe, it's, yeah, this is my life. Like, not even the people, the, the people that are on the, the fans, the, the people in the clubs that can't play there, they appreciate a football player and you're disappointing them and they're like, that's their life. You know what I mean? Once you see that, it's a whole different ball game. And Australia doesn't have that because as a country, we're, we're different in the sporting department where we love we love our sports, but will we die for it? No. Yeah, that's, that's right. fair enough. Even that's the that, that needs to improve if they want that's the right. to improve, look, I guess. That comes Correct. generational. Like I, I know when all the, East, the, the European people came back in the day, they brought that culture here, but I think yeah. it got yeah. lost in... Yeah, you know, I got lost in it because you know you had to adapt to Australian style, which everyone wanted to. It was you know that's that's the reason why they all came to Australia. But the the European style, the yeah. South American style, like they they die for football. You saw Maradona in the World Cup, that's like, but they get a heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's so, right. Yeah, you know, I think lives and dies, but you're yeah, right. Look, you're definitely right. Man. Australia is definitely getting getting there. That they're definitely making the league at home bigger and better. There's still a long way to go, but at the same time, they could develop players that don't want to go overseas. They, they're more than happy to stay here, not because of security, yeah. but because the league is hard. Of course. Yeah. And I think the World Cup definitely shows them that. It does. Yeah. Well, who do you think will actually win the World Cup? I'm always, I've always been for Brazil ever since I was a kid. So, oh. I'm always, <laughs> oh, right, yeah. well, 
I understand. We, we all, oh. all us Masses have to adopt a second team, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've always been for Brazil, so I'm hoping that you know. Yeah. They get there. Yeah, they'll. Um, hope not. But... What about you guys? <laughs> what about you guys? Let's say Belgium. Oh uh, well, Stefan's for Croatia. I'm for Croatia at the moment because Italy's not in there. Yeah, so, and um, I'm I'm going for Belgium. Yeah, Belgium. Look, my my pick were Belgium and Brazil, but then I just found out that they're both playing now. So that's, yeah. that's one yeah. for now. But, um, yeah. no, so you Croatia, go for the one that wins. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I've always been for Brazil, so it didn't really matter what you know. It was yeah, that, but yeah. I believe that when you look at the the table now and how it could get there, I think the only people, the only team that Croatia have to beat is England to get to a final. Yeah. So, well, Croatia and England have an easy run on their side. Um, yeah, exactly. it's getting easy. Not a, not an easy run, but um, easier. easier than the other than the other side. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, the other so side is chaotic. That's um, that's crazy. One of them could potentially make a final. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely true. Definitely true. Croatia definitely. Um, if it had to be anyone else from that side, it would be Croatia. Nice, nice. Um, Daniel, look, it would have been tough to lose the grand final last season against your old team. What are your intentions for this season, and how far do you think the Jets can go? Well, when I got here, every, no one gave us any chance, which was understandable. They finished last in the league. And, yeah. you know, when I came here, obviously, I, the first thing I said was, of course, I want to say we're going to win the league and blah, blah, blah. Uh, we, have a, we have a plan. Now, a plan, you don't always reach a certain plan in life in general, but we're definitely going to try. And yeah. I think when you try, you give it a go. And when I got here, I could see that, that plan was definitely going to be fulfilled, but you have to show it on the pitch. So what we did, what we managed to accomplish last season, you know, it was some, the only thing that was failing was to win that grand final. That was really it, yeah, because I think that we definitely deserved it. I really say Can that. Can you replicate did, that yeah. again this I, year? I really say that, but honestly, I think that the way we played all year and I was not as consistent as Sydney FC, but I think when it came down to playing the bigger teams, we were definitely up there, and if not up, no, definitely, top. definitely was a positive season, regardless yeah, of the yeah. grand final. Yeah, and good definitely. experience for some of those players as well. A hundred percent. Well, there. the good thing about that is, and also what we said was, you will see the benefits after. And now, today, half of the team, all the young boys, and even some of the, like most of the young boys, they're all gone to China. They, um, we have a China trip, a tournament that we got the club will call up for. Yeah. So there you go, and we got a uh, we got a trip. To Spain, which you know a lot of yeah. boys would never <laughs> even have thought yeah. to get even close to that. You know what I mean? It's experience that European feels. So by by doing this, the club also they could have gone another way and said, "No, we'll keep that money, or we won't even go to this, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. They said, "Yeah, we're going. Like this is an achievement, and we want to, you know, embrace it and you know give it back to the players that have got us to where we are. Yeah, that's good. The more the more things like that that they're exposed to, obviously the more they'll improve and correct. Yeah, we, we, it's not just no the downside. Boys, it's just not just the boys that have played, it's the whole the whole club the whole club and then on top of that the whole town as well is definitely embracing the whole thing. So things like that, there's your benefit, you know, and I think what the, to go back to your question, I think this year we can actually we have the right to actually say we're going all the way to the end because I said last year we're gonna make top three. And people said, oh, be, people say they're always winning. I go, no, 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 that's a reality. You can make top three. We can make top three. And once that became a reality, then you go to the next thing and you see if the next thing will be fulfilled. But you don't veer away what you 
what what it is where we made it. People were astonished. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. Everyone else was astonished. Everyone was like, "Oh, oh we're doing it was unbelievable." <laughs> yeah, it was. It yeah. was. It was somehow no one expected. And what this year is for not to seem like a fluke. Yeah, yeah, well, and that's what our goal is this year to go one better. So we, I think, had you can't, points. I think it's it's hard to say it's a fluke because you can't make it all the way just on luck. You know what I mean? There's yeah, got to be some luck, well, obviously. Yeah. Especially players like Georgievsky, you know. Yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> yeah, holding that defense strong. Gunder, yeah. Gunder. doing those stupid tackles. Yeah, that's that's a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but look, if you, don't, you want to go one better. You want to make. We did fifty points last year. We want to score. We want to have fifty-one points. We scored right, exactly. Let's say sixty goals. We want sixty-two goals. So we always want to do one better, and that's how the club wants to be consistently doing, and not just a one-off season and then finish last. Definitely. Fantastic. You know? So that's that's our goal. And awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how you got to be. But um, finally, we just want to congratulate you on your wedding. Yes, congratulations. Oh, uh, how was your honeymoon? <laughs> Oh, amazing, amazing. Uh, yeah, got, where did got, you get off to? We got back alive. We went to Cuba. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> That's always a positive if you come back alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it was definitely something like, um, something that you you don't really see every day, which is something that our parents had lived back in like a communist day, like back in Yugoslavia. Yeah. You know, it's, exactly. still, it's still quite raw over there. You got the old Lada, Russian Lada cars. Um, yeah. The Elvis Priestley cars are still rocking, and it's not just a show, it's, like that every day, and that, yeah, that's that's that would have been awesome to see. Um, yeah, yeah. Apparently, they they're going the opposite direction, building big hotel chains. Well, so it's but, probably good that you got to see it now before it might well, change. Yeah, definitely. That's why I think we've um, with my, my my wife now we've been the last couple of years into South America where you get to see it how it originally is because now once they build a Hilton, that's finished. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it becomes a tourist attraction, and then it's like going anywhere else. You know, so yeah, I think right. we're lucky to see how that is because um, the tourism is the modern. That's how it is. Yeah. That's money is made. So a lot of um, a lot of their traditional culture stuff they'll blend it into the West Western world, and you know, then you, then you're like, this really doesn't seem too different. But when you go and you see it raw, it was quite beautiful, and and for yeah. me, the Caribbean beaches. The Caribbean beach is the best in the world, so... <laughs> can't nice. beat it. Yeah, yeah definitely. can't afford well, it, man. Can't afford it. I was in there all day. I came back like a cigar, so... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, look, mate, thank you for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we'll definitely have you on again when we can because this has been a great interview. We've really enjoyed it, Nick and I. Yeah. And um, all the best for the upcoming season, mate. We really hope you get over the line and win yeah. the A-League, mate. Cheers, definitely. guys. Thank it you was... very much, Daniel. I appreciate it, mate. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Cheers, guys. It was, um, it was a lot of fun. Speak to you guys. Cheers, mate. All the best. Bye. What an absolute insight and what a great interview that I'm was. I'm wrapped with Daniel Georgievsky. I cannot believe how he's much a, of a professional yeah, he was. He's an ultimate professional. You know, he gave up his time. I think that interview was very raw as well, very honest. Yeah. Um, you know, thank you very much, Daniel. You're, you're a gun. You are a legend, <laughs> we, we mate. We appreciate it so much. And um, we might have some more special news coming yes, up shortly. Yes, um, again. Thanks to the, Mr. Daniel. Thank you, um, Mr. But Daniel we'll let you guys know in... Uh, in time, I guess. Yes. Um, but yeah, so he mentioned a lot of a lot of things in his interview on becoming, on what it took for him to become a professional, professional yeah. and you know what he thinks of uh, Australian soccer. So we'd like to hear what you guys think as well. You know, after yeah. we drop this episode, we'll we'll put up a post on Instagram. So just leave us some comments on what you thought and if you agree 100%. with Mr. Georgievsky. And that's all for this week, guys. Be on the lookout for our Instagram and Facebook. 
Yeah, at Coach Killers Podcast on yep. all platforms, all socials. Yep, all socials. Um, and our game of the week next week, which is Brazil and Belgium. Unbelievable. I cannot yeah, wait. What that should be then. a good game. Um, we'll also have a look at the england Colombia game just a little bit because I think that's going to be a very intriguing match. Yeah, and all games from now till next week we will review as there will be... Yep. You know, we will know who's going in and who's going out pretty yeah, much. Yeah, and as of next week, we'll return back to our Tuesday 8 o'clock uh, dropping of episodes. That's it. Uh, no more no more special times, but, um, you know, thank you to Daniel once again. Um, you know, great interview. Yes. And thanks to all our followers out there who are, you know, participating and giving us some topics to talk and about. some feedback, yeah. And some feedback, so keep that up. Share it with your friends as well. Yeah, that's it. Share um, it with your friends. You know, we are going to do a giveaway once we get to 700 followers. And it will be coming up pretty soon that we will yep. get to those followers. So, so follow, 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 people. Exactly right. So until next week, everybody. Yep. In the words of Claudio Ranieri, dilly ding, dilly dong. <laughs> <laughs>